Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Welcome back. It's another fine edition of Dr. Homebrew. I'm excited for it. I think we have a good show today. Uh, we have a special guest. Now, you know that, uh, you know, our good close personal friend, Lee, uh, he's been kind of under the weather, man. He had some weird, like, uh, well, he calls it like uh, Ebola. Uh, Ebola, I think it's a weird name for it. But uh, now he has some sort of cough, bold crap that he gets during the wintertime. So, uh, uh, you know. Uh, hope hope you're feeling better, Lee, and, and we definitely miss you. But uh, we found a, a competent enough replacement um, in our very own Doc. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing, buddy? Good. Is this your first time on Dr. Homebrew, Dr. Lothamer? Officially, yes. <laughs> He's been on our show before. Oh, yeah. that's right. You like you can't, you crashed it once. I crashed it yeah. once, yeah. You're like, uh, dude, he I'm was kind of buzzed that time, too. It was fun. <laughs> he was like, but he's schooling us on water. We we're like, oh, you just talk for a while, Doc. We're just sitting back. <laughs> yeah, make it easy on us. Hey, Got to fill the content somehow. That's right. Yeah. That's what I always say. I, I just I need to fill content because I'm, I'm too dumb to do it otherwise. I don't really say that, but uh, you know, you think it. Yeah, I do think it. That's, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, we have a we have a good show uh, for you guys. But uh, before we get there, of course, I want to start off by thanking our show sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com, and you can learn all about the loveliness that is cleaning and then sanitizing. Right, Doc? We talk about this on on the session. We talk about it on every stupid show that we do. Oh, yeah. You have to clean it first. You have to get all in yep. little creases and crevices and threads, and then you can sanitize you it. You can't sanitize scum. That's right. right. That's right. Got to get the scum out of there. Yeah, that's what the jails are trying to do, and it just doesn't. It just, I don't know. Whatever. First, um, yeah, peel off the layer of fuzz, then you can clean it, then you can sanitize. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. You pull it all out, and that's what uh, things like PBW are really great for. Uh, Five Star. They they have their chemistry down pat. Uh, they're 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 making killer products to help you turn out killer beers, man. Because uh, as we talk about on the show quite often, you know you're 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 gonna have the best ingredients and the best ferment and the best. Uh, uh, you know, process and you nailed all your numbers and you do all your things, but if you put it in a dirty bottle, it's gonna suck. Right. I mean, that's just that's just what it's gonna do. All that work for nothing. All that work for nothing. And I know from experience <laughs> um, that it's just uh, you know it's better just to just to let it soak and it's fast acting. It's really easy. Uh, you know, check it out, man. If you haven't used Five Star Chemicals and you kind of honestly don't know what you're missing, um, so go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check that out. Um, and uh, you know, if your local homebrew shop doesn't carry Five Star products. Uh, then tell them. You know, have a sit-in, man. Occupy your local homebrew shop. It does take a lot of the drudgery out of the drudgery, which is brewing. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I want to brew a beer. Oh, this is all cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. So it does, it does make it a lot easier, though. That's true. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. sit there and scrub so much. 
So uh, thank you to uh, Five Star. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, okay, we have a couple cool beers, man. We have a, a, a Dark Mild, uh, which is something I'm not familiar with. It, apparently, that's in the new style guidelines that we're not really doing yet, Brian. But I failed to tell everybody that, and so now we're starting to see a couple of beers come through with the new excuse me, the new style guidelines going on there. Now that uh, it's almost 2016, we might as well start using the 2015 guidelines. But I think the, <laughs> the uh, homebrew contestants on our show so should let JP know which guidelines they're going by. But. That would be cool. Oh, hey, it's a 13A. Uh, oh, is it a dry stout or is it a dark mild? We don't know. Yeah, so Brian, whenever we talk to you, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it. Brian, it's, uh, we failed. I failed you. Uh, but that's fine. We'll you know we'll be we'll be good. We'll Don't be all right. fail me a second time. <laughs> uh, and then we have something called a bourbon barrel aged pumpkin ale, uh, brewed in Kalamazoo, Michigan. What do you think about that? Hmm. Well, now that I know where it's brewed, um, <laughs> does that go I up or wanna, down a couple points? Yeah, let me revisit this question. <laughs> uh, Kalamazoo. Uh, that's a, that sounds Kalamazoo, like a cool man. place. I don't, I've never been there. It sounds like a pretty spirited, well, I think we interesting should, city. I think we should go there right now. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> Take the old B in um, Puddle Jumper yeah, or whatever it is. The old Gibson plant. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Doc, you ready to talk about some beers, man? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you saw you on Monday on the session, mm. didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah. That, was that nice. other show, yeah. The other show. Hey, it all comes Did you guys out of this talk pipeline ab- anyway, right? <laughs> it really does. Did you talk about <laughs> beer at all that day? No. No, we no, had the we whites didn't. in here. That's right. So we talked about whatever. Yeast and awesome. they wanted stuff. To and, yeah. yeah you, did you hear about their new thing they're doing, the yeast vault? Mm. Um, where they're, they're uh, uh, if I remember it correctly, if I wasn't too drunk on the show, uh, they're releasing a bunch of yeast that they don't normally go into production. So, you know, they have the platinum strains. Yeah. Um, cool. So you and you can choose those. So you can pre-order that essentially. Like, I think they maybe have a selection of six, I think, or four every once in a while. And whatever gets ordered, if it gets up to 250, it's kind of like a Kickstarter. Like, We're growing I, up I, for I, you. They had a lot more yeah. you could order off of, but you don't get it until they get, until they get 250, 250 people. Yeah. You know, like one batch for it. Critical mass. Yeah. Yeah. So some weird esoteric, you know, Polish lager strain. If that's up there, then, you know, you so can have an, a hand in, in it. Instead of them choosing the platinum strains, you can kind of have a hand in it and vote it up and then they'll release it. Yeah. Wow. And you, it's kind of a pre-order, too. So you pre-order it. Uh, they don't charge you for it until it comes out. But uh, you're. Yeah, it's neat. If it hits its critical mass, then everybody gets some. Then you get charged, and you get some awesome yeast that you're not going to usually get. <laughs> yeah, right on. that's a pretty cool program. It's like a social media, like a thumbs up and that, or a thumbs yeah, <laughs> thumbs down on that one, thumbs up on this one, and you can make it. Yeah, and it's cool for them, right? Because they know exactly how much they have to make, and you know all that kind of stuff. So, uh, let's get Brian on the phone here, and we're gonna uh, let's just start the show, man. Let's jump right in. Brian, are you with us? Uh, I am with you. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfect. Sounds great. Uh, so now, Brian, you went to the new Star Wars movie today. I did. I uh, did. I actually just got home uh, maybe about an hour ago. So. Okay. And I don't want any spoilers. Like I said in the email, like don't even, I don't even want to know um, y- anything that you might think is just kind of a stupid, you know, a side note that everybody knows. I don't even want to know about it. But on a scale from one to 10, how was it? You know, I think it's a, it was a great movie. I wouldn't say it was the best one, uh, mm-hmm. but J.J. Uh, J. Abrams did a, a really good job. 
Uh, it's uh, it was a great movie. Uh, a little heartbreaking. I'm sure you read some of the uh, the posts or whatever. But nope, no I'm not, nope. total media no blackout or whatever. But uh, but it has uh, to be right. It has there yeah. there there's going to be emotion in every movie. There's emotion. You're right. So I mean, it's, it's, it's the first of a trilogy, so bad things have to happen, right? To, to, to <laughs> right. Move the movie forward. So. Right. Uh, but it was good. Just going to leave yeah, this a, massive Star Wars movie. spoiler here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that one? <laughs> like an actual car spoiler. It's like a spoiler. car spoiler with yeah. Star Wars on it. Mm. Uh, well, that's cool, man. I'm glad. Uh, I'm going to go see it Saturday morning at 9 in the morning. Um, I did the barricades up at the movie theater around the corner here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They, oh, you can tell they're getting ready for the lines. Yeah. I hope there's not that many. I mean, I guess tomorrow there's going to be a bunch of lines. But I hope Saturday morning. I hope there's no lines. I mean, because everyone has a ticket. Why are you waiting in line? Right. I guess for that good seat, but... I don't know. I kind of don't care. I'll sit on the floor. You just got to get up that early. That's right. Hop grenade is still busy here. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get tickets. Maybe. Uh, all right, Brian. Let's let's jump in your beer here, man. How long have you been home brewing? Uh, I've been home brewing for about uh, five and a half years. Uh, I was uh, active duty Navy, living out in Hawaii. Uh, just got married, and uh, my wife was like, you know, we we both like drinking beer. Maybe we should uh, make some beer together. Oh, nice. And uh, so we started with extract. Uh, lived in a, an apartment. Uh, really couldn't uh, do all grain. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, when we moved uh, back here to Virginia, uh, we have a deck and a place I can brew outside. So I moved to uh, all grain. I do brew in a bag a little bit easier, uh, but uh, I think I still get the, the same efficiency and, and the same flavor out of it. So That's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a joint hobby, it sounds like. It is. It is. Like uh, we have a three-year-old, so she doesn't get to help out as much as uh, as she used to. But uh, you know, <laughs> such is life. Not, yeah, well, not on the hot side. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Well, you know, hey man, soon that three-year-old's going to be helping out, so uh, you know it'll be fine. You're just training the, the assistant, the next assistant, yeah. right? That's my goal. That's my goal. <laughs> and uh, I was listening earlier. I, I do apologize for uh, for calling a 13A when no. it should have been an 11A. No, no, uh, at least for the the 2008 uh, guidelines. But uh, it's definitely not your fault. It's something that I uh, just kind of we haven't really adopted it. We talked about it when they first came out, and uh, you know Brian and Lee and I kind of sat around. We're like, well, let's just stick with. The current guidelines of 2008 or whatever they were, um, you know, until we can really break down what what's new and, and maybe even do a show about it. And then I think everybody just kind of forgot. And so you're definitely not the only one. We have another one on the next show, I think, um, that, uh, you know, threw in the, the, the brand new guidelines. So definitely not your fault. You have nothing to apologize for. I should have uh, when I saw the 13A on, on the cap, I should have clarified with you. So don't worry about it. That's all right. You're no all good, man. Uh, but a dark mild. Now, not many people kind of brew that style. Is this the first time you've been working on something like this? Uh, no, I did a uh, I did an oaked mild um, a few years ago. I was uh, doing, listening to a podcast that uh, John Palmer had done, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about doing like an uh, an eleven Z's kind of a podcast or a beer. And so I did that one, and then uh, I've just noticed that now I've kind of moved into uh, a lot darker beers. So it seems like everything that I brew now is uh, porters, stouts, or uh, but I kind of wanted something that was a little lower in alcohol. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of where I shot with this one, you know, shooting for a for a much lower uh, lower alcohol, uh, easier drinking beer. Yeah. There's a uh, uh, and I'm just going to plug another show that we used to do. Uh, Can you brew it? Uh, there's a show with Eagle Rock that they have my favorite beer in the entire universe is a dark mild from them called Solidarity. Um, so I check that recipe out if you're if you're into brewing stuff like this because I love this is my favorite style I love it. Um, all right, Brian, not Brian, uh, not Brian our homebrew guest, Hi. but Brian our our BJCP judge. Uh, why don't you start us off with uh, Brian's beer here, man? Yeah. So in the nose, um, you know there is there is some kind of a toasty 
malt going on in there and uh, somewhat nutty also um, has kind of a little bit of a kind of a graham crackery thing going on and it, I'm getting some dark malt notes too maybe it's that I wanted it to be a, a, a 13a dark a dry stout but uh, <laughs> there's actually is a little bit of like kind of roasty element in here it's not heavy or anything but it's like a little dark malt edge to it, a little kind of cocoa and coffee like notes in there what I did also get is it's a little bit kind of um, musty, uh, you know, slightly rough on there, a little, uh, a little odd in the in, in, in some parts of the nose there. Just, uh, but generally had low esters. It was kind of a, a, a sulfury note that I think was a little off putting in there, and um, almost a little bit enteric kind of. But um, color wise, medium light amber with a uh, had a very heavy kind of regenerating light tan head that just kept creeping up um regenerating what do you mean by that well it was i mean i know what the word means the sample that i judged separately from the show before coming here was it it crept up into the neck right up and out of the neck and kept you know bubbling out i had to keep pouring it into my glass (laughs) to keep the thing from from foaming over on the bottle so okay something is alive and getting happy inside the bottle there that's uh you know it might have been an individual bottle issue too, and the sample that we're tasting tonight. It doesn't really seem the to have that. is a little bit yeah. more pleasant and a little smoother to me. I don't know what Doc's bottle was like, but we'll, we'll get to his notes later and and see what he compares to this one too. Because um, I noticed when you when you cracked the bottle and you poured it in, it seemed very it, effervescent. It went right up, and then yeah. the head just dropped. Yeah. yeah. So in the appearance, it's it's kind of a medium light amber, and uh, you know the the. I think the the glass last night, as I kept drinking it, and you set, drink it and set the bottle down, the head comes back, and that's what I meant by regenerating. Uh, but then it just fades again quickly, and the, bu- the bubbles kind of collapse. Kind of an interesting uh, foam stand there. Mo- you know, kind of mostly finer bubbles, and they're just kind of dissipating on the on the top here in this case. But last night, it just like I was judging it for twenty minutes, probably trying to get at what I what I was picking out in it. And it was still sticking around at the end of that too. So it's, it's very, you know, it appears to be very highly carbonated. When you get in the in the mouthfeel, we also found that it, yeah, it was very, very highly carbonated beer. So something's going on in that bottle that's, that was keeping it uh, keeping it going. And there's like, if you look at the bottle too, there's like a you know almost a half an inch of foam just sitting in the top there, just inside the bottle. Yeah. After we poured our our few samples here, so Brian, do you do you keg or are you a bottle guy? No, I, I keg, and uh, I the, these are the first ones that I actually use my beer gun on. Um, okay. I just got a new beer gun right before that, and so I uh, I I notice in here with this one that it uh, it is definitely uh, more carbonated than uh, than it was in the keg. So okay. obviously something must be going on there um, because it when I when I you know initially uh, made it you know I made it for a, a very low volume you know probably about one and a half volumes of a. Of carbonation there, and this is uh, definitely a lot more than that. So. Yeah, I'd like to taste it with that. Yeah, it, it's it's driving a, a pretty big carbonic bite. That's part of what's getting right. in the way here of some of the other flavors that are there. Um, so when I, you know, um, color wise, it's it's very much on the light end for the style, um, but, and then you get into the uh, the flavor, and it's got kind of a a light little smoky uh, note, and I. I felt like I got a little bit of a plastic phenolic in there too, just really light, just a hint of a plasticky thing, um, and some musty notes and a little, hmm. um, just yeah, just like intense and biting. Um, Could that be just from the the carbonation coming off the? 
I think that like, from you know the flavors that are being pushed off are from whatever is getting happy in the bottle there. Okay. So I think there's yeah, definitely something this is, in the bottle. It's probably okay. bottle fill issues, and this beer is a lot better than what we're judging it as here. If we had it off its keg. Because um, there are some some pleasant qualities to it, and that toastiness, and the nuttiness, and the ri- I do know, get slight richness. Yeah, I, I do kind of get like a, a spicy, like a clove. Yeah, thing happened like a, mid phenolic. mid palate. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. All right. And Interesting. And that that's because you think something's set up shop somewhere some, along yeah, the line. Something okay. in the bottom. All right. Um, it finishes very dry, and um, yeah. You can still taste the beer kind of behind the the carbonic, you know, it's like the, the, the carbonicness of the beer just kind of drives a lot of um, just bitingness, and it makes the harsh flavors seem harsher. It makes, you know, if it was a very smooth beer to start with and you just put it's carbon dioxide in a solution is carbonic acid. It's, a, it's an acidic biting thing so it's, mm-hmm. you know you, you talk mostly about carbonic bite in the mouthfeel but in the in the flavor it's going to drive some of those flavors it's going to drive them out to you know out of the beer too as you're um smelling it, it and it's pushing whatever you know whatever got loose in there uh all the flavor the aromas from that up up into your nose it's just like whoa all these different crazy aromas in there and it's like what is so going on here is so, it do you think it's like modifying the aromas that are in there already or is it releasing aromas that you wouldn't normally get if it was a lower yeah, carbonation the co2 itself doesn't really have an aroma to it it's just pushing what's there so yeah, yeah. and the and same with the flavors they just they present themselves differently because with that acid it's like well, if you had a slightly, you know, just add a little acid or, you know, add some vinegar to your, your nice mild and it's going to taste a little different. You know? <laughs> it's not, I mean, carbonic acid is a really mellow, light acid. It's not like something that will melt your teeth off if you had it in, in, you know, a high concentration. But it is very detectable, as, you know, and it does, like I said, drive the flavors differently. So, um, yeah, it's, it's in the mouthfeel. It's kind of biting and astringent and funky and, and kind of leathery feeling. Very high carbonation. It's not smooth at all. It's just it's a light bodied and just it's all about the carbonation in the in the flavor in the mouthfeel. There, no obvious warmth or anything. Um, you know, there's a fair amount of the elements of the beer that that you can taste what it would taste like if the carbonation was right and something hadn't gotten loose in the bottle. The declared declared style, but it is masked by. Uh, the defects that that are are there getting pushed up in there. So I'm sorry, Brian. I you know I we 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 would love to come over and taste it with you there in your garage, but it's um, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so we had, I gave it a, a 20, and I think that uh, it's hard to properly judging judge it, knowing you know what you've told us that this should be a low carbonated beer, and that what we have is a high carbonated kind of mess. With you know it's just obviously a bottling issue, and and that's the one thing you'd have to fix for us to be able to properly judge it. So. But it tastes like there's a, a solid beer underneath there somewhere. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, recipe-wise, there's it is really high on the toasty flavors, and um, there's some, some serious nuttiness in there. There's a little bit of a light chocolatey thing, too. So I think what is there is pretty good. There could be a wide range mm-hmm. of it. I'm not getting a big toffee-like or, uh, you know, a really smooth English malt quality, but, again, it could just be the way it's presenting itself. Um so okay. sanitation in the bottle and then that, you know, I'd change out any soil plastic equipment, getting it from the, well, from whatever you're transferring it in ap- to after it's cooled down and, and, uh, yeah, just anything that comes in contact with the beer after you cool it. 
Okay. But yeah. Uh, Brian, you were saying something there, uh, but uh, I had you I had you potted down a little bit. Uh, oh. did you, anything you wanted to, to say to uh, the other Brian? Oh. oh no, I was just saying that you know that's the that's the reason you know to you know that, that I guess that is always the challenge. You know, you, you have beer in a keg, and then you you bottle it to send it off somewhere, and, and you, you you never know what's actually going to happen once it goes <laughs> in the bottle. That's true. So you know. we also like to blame JP for bouncing it around in the trunk of his car. We usually we yeah. always talk about how. Shittily, JP treats his beer. That's true. The, the day and be- other people's. That's true. The day before, I, I go driving in the desert. I glue yeah. all the bottles to my car and then just drive around. He it. opens all the bottles, exposes them to the desert funk that is. Yeah, uh, I think it's amazing. Brings them back and puts them in his oven at whatever temperature. <laughs> hey, it's yeah. his show. He gets to do what he wants. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, Doc, you're up, buddy. Your uh, first official. Yeah. Dr. Homebrew, you know, non-crashing segment. Well, this bottle's <laughs> definitely different than the one I had. Uh, I okay. can actually taste some toasty and roasty and actually a mild behind it. But the one I had that I judged earlier today was so dry, so so fizzy, I probably got the worst one. Uh, even Brian's didn't seem as bad as the one I had. It just was, first thing hmm. was the, uh, the aroma was very astringent, soapy, musty, definitely. Okay. Uh, I could even smell the diacetyl in there. Oh, wow. That one. Okay. And then uh, very over-carbonated. Uh, you know, now, now that I know which style it is, you know, I, I, can, <laughs> I, I bumped your points in for the color back up a little bit. Because it's, it's a little light for the style, but it's now it's, it's, it's pretty good that way. Um, you know, th- this bottle is definitely, I can actually taste the nuttiness mm-hmm. and, the, and the toastiness in it, but it's, it's still definitely infected. Okay. So it goes along with all the infected stuff. You're going to have very dry very acidic uh you're gonna have that overcarbonated mouthfeel uh, there, there's almost no sweetness of backbone at all of the one i had earlier today yeah where i get it in this one so the bottles are different okay okay uh, definitely yeah i noticed the difference too and mine was more like what your other one was yeah, yeah. this doesn't taste all that bad but no. uh you know so yeah uh it's, right. it's still a big diastole bomb Okay. Oh, I don't see. I don't get any of that uh, at all. But it's, uh, it's I can drink it. Okay. It's got. Well, that's, you're, that's, you're like the most diacetyl sensitive yeah, person that I know. I, I for really sure. am, and I can taste it a mile away. So when other people can't, I'm still going to taste it. But this is yeah. this is a lot. Okay. And that's from the infection too. Okay. And I really wish I could have had some of the the keg beer. Yeah. Uh, because this this doesn't have the you know the creamy mouthfeel that it should. Okay. This is why English session beers are, by definitely nature, in the, in the cast, yeah. lightly carbonated. Yeah. They, yeah. But with, this is definitely over. This one, this one's over carbonated yeah, it too. Still is, yeah. Um, so that's that's the main thing. Is just it was it's just infected somewhere, and I'm wondering why this bottle's a little different than the other one. Unless it's the bottle issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, one bottle's a little more contaminated than the other one, possibly. <laughs> just otherwise, they'd be all the same. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because the one I judged you know, last night was sitting in my fridge for for you know a couple of weeks and and you know stored carefully and, and gently transferred to where I was judging it. And then this one you know rode around in my car all day and it it's still not throwing up as much uh, you know yeah. foam as the the one. Yeah, definitely the one night. I had was much more. Yeah. So at least we got the at least we got the good bottle to the better of the three. Yeah, bottles right. Because I can yeah. I can, I can actually taste the back beer now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so can I, and it tastes pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's everything a dark mild foundation needs to be. Right. So you I know? can actually tell it was actually pretty. You know, probably a pretty good beer to start with. Yeah. 
We just didn't arrive there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, all right. Thanks, Doc. Um, I gave it a 22. Okay. Cool. But just because of the, you know, the infection yeah. issues. Standard. Yeah, for right? sure. Because we can't get past that. We don't know what's what's behind What's it. doing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. Especially with that kind of stuff. Throws a lot of shade on what, on what, you can't even tell what the beer is. You can't judge it within... Within the category, yeah, that's hey. weird that it would it would kind of range like that. I wonder if there is a range where maybe just by the by this one, what was whatever was contaminating the other two bottles just kind of flushed out, and there's a little bit of residual here. Could so be. yeah, because it's definitely knows. a different level. Yeah, no. uh, Brian, do you have any questions for the guys? Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about sanitation and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm, you know, uh, disappointed that we couldn't really talk about the the beer. I mean, I mean, yeah. it is uh, obviously, you know, just the the nature of the beast. Um, because, uh, it was in my opinion and in uh, a lot of my friends opinion, it was a, it was a, a, a very pleasantly drinking beer. And, uh, unfortunately you guys got the, uh, short of the stick, I <laughs> yeah. but we can but, taste uh, all the pleasantness, you know, you can kind of fight through it. And the more, the more judge, uh, the more beers that you judge, especially home brews and stuff, you can kind of peek around the flaws. I think, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys yeah. in the studio yeah. have, have similar yeah. things, but you can kind of go, oh, you know, this is here and this is here, but part of what makes a good judge a, a good judge is that you can see through that and go well this malt you know and i, I know what what uh, a little contamination will do to uh, a, a light malt beer and and you know kind of look past those flavors to you know there's no off fermentation i don't think it's a fermentation issue no no yeah. no, no, no 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 yeah no, this is all afterwards so I, I mean i think you're you know you're pretty much in the clear brian you uh, know except what, just a little bottling month, thing what month did you bottle it was it hot outside uh, no, so you know, I brewed it back in uh, August, uh, okay. and then uh, I sent it off to uh, to JP, um, maybe about a month ago, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. I think he wanted me to get it there by uh, mid November. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think you know, I pretty much I was pretty close to the end of the keg there. Uh, I had made it for our uh, Iron Brew competition in uh, at the end in middle September, and uh, and so I had maybe about a third of the keg left. So. Uh, and uh, so that's kind of where that one was at. And now it's all gone, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we need to, uh, yeah. But, you know, that's, uh, I, I still think, uh, you know, you can at least get something out of this, Brian, where, you know, you know that uh, if it was in the keg for that long and you're not, you, when you drank it, you weren't getting these flavors that the guys are talking about. Um, I think it's a lot easier to pinpoint what the issue might be, which is just maybe from the the beer gun to the bottle. Yeah, maybe something sure. in there, or maybe just the bottle itself or the cap. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to right. say for sure, but at least it's not. Well, it could be from yeah. the friggin' you know boil kettle after it's cooled all the way through the system. So I, he would have picked it up for sure. At that. Yeah. yeah, this, this yeah. is pretty apparent. Yeah, and I think it's pretty mellow, which means you know it's it's not it hasn't been uh, manifesting for a long time. No, you didn't you get the other bottles. Well, that's true. You're right. I didn't. Yeah, and it, you know these beers are also not really meant to be aged. They're meant to be to be drank young and just uh, enjoyed while they're fresh and young and just um, you know they're light and they're refre- they're refreshing and they're just um, just smooth, like smooth drinking beers. So just like me, I'm meant yeah. to be enjoyed when I'm young. I mean, but I don't think that the four months of age that this thing got between then and now is is what's causing that. So no, yeah. I didn't get much yeah. oxidation out of it. Yeah, no, it's, that doesn't seem oxidized. No. I didn't get the um, the diacetyl that Doc is. I mean, I I, I can taste diastole just fine but um, maybe not to the threshold that he's detecting it so yeah doc's pretty uh pretty sensitive he's the guy that they use as the human threshold <laughs> that's, right. Oh. that's right that's yeah. right uh all right really? brian we'll let you go man if you don't have anything else 
No, no, that's it, man. Okay. Uh, like I said, next time uh, I will uh, work on my uh, my bottling process a little <laughs> just, bit. I used to, just take the kegs. Just take the kegs. Do it well. <laughs> well, we yeah, want it back yeah. on the show. That's the problem. Okay. So send uh, us a keg. Yeah, maybe break. <laughs> see, there you go. Now Brian's thinking. Um, maybe uh, you know, break your beer gun down and just kind of make sure all the connections are 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 clean. And then, are you coming to NHC? Maybe bring some uh, beer in your keg. Uh, you know, to NHC, and we'll try it then. That is my plan since it's only a few hours away now, as opposed to going to San Diego. So. <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah, uh, we'll give you a free a free entry on the next show. There for, you go. For real. <laughs> for All right, real, I appreciate though. it, guys. All right, Brian. Thanks, man. Sorry, we couldn't judge it Bye. so well. Well, that's too bad. I, you, can, wow. you can tell he's bummed out, man, and that sucks. Well, but um, well, yeah, you know, he's getting some. Look, he'll be he'll be getting a, a nice prize pack from Five Star, and either a nice little uh, gift certificate from Grog Tag or uh, High Gravity Brew. So he'll get something for his troubles, yeah. and that's two cool. Packs of, uh, Five star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People are friendly and understanding generally on this show. It's like, oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, I, I, always, I always fear that you know I bottle and send it out there, and then hopefully they don't get the unlucky bottle or something. You know that one. And that's that and, yeah, and you know it sounds like this is his first run on the beer gun. So who you know who knows? But uh, I, I hate to, to leave you all uh, you know bummed out like that. But uh, Brian, uh, you know I don't think you have too much to worry about, man. Uh, like I said, you count yourself lucky that you don't have a, a deeper contamination issue than than what mm-hmm. you know I think is imperative in the bottles yeah the recipe seemed good and it seems like he knows what he's doing all that way yeah. so just a straight bottling issue that's one problem and you can fix that e- easily uh all right we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna jump into this bourbon barrel pumpkin uh ale i almost called it a porter but uh, i don't know what it is but we'll find out it's it's uh, definitely intriguing it's also dr homebrew we'll be back right after this Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never. 
Pittsburgh. Putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states. Plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit. NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Beer tasting games that train your palate, a brewery locator, and the brand new interactive beer style guide. These are just a few of the awesome things you'll find on craftbeer.com. The style guide is a beautiful example of technology in beer. Browse beer style families or turn on the automatic beer style finder and explore beer through color, bitterness, ABV, aroma, and flavor. It's really the coolest way to explore every beer style besides having them all in front of you. Go to craft craftbeer.com and click on beer styles to start the guide plus enjoy the rest of craftbeer.com the brewers banter blogs beer education how to host a beer tasting and the invaluable draft quality manual tons of great content that makes your beer better visit the new craftbeer.com right now and explore the website that brings you all the passion camaraderie and creativity of the craft beer community craftbeer.com celebrating the best of american beer Back to the examination. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. It's Dr. Homebrew. On the line, we have another Brian. Not the same Brian. Uh, but the same spelling of the name. And so for me, it's very confusing. Uh, and I don't know about any listeners, but uh, I'm a little, uh, I think I got the right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Brian, are you with us? Yes, I am. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Perfect. Thanks for uh, joining us on this uh, lovely Thursday evening. Thank you. <laughs> uh, now, you sent us a bunch of beer, so I think we're going to talk to you a couple more times. Uh, at least once next month, I think, right? Uh I I think so. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes here. Maybe that's the other Brian. Hang up on this guy and we'll uh... <laughs> just say sure. 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 Uh, okay, so you have the bourbon barrel pumpkin ale, right? Yep. Okay, perfect. See, now Brian, uh, our Brian confused me, and I wanted to make sure that I actually was calling the right Brian. <laughs> uh, anyway, Brian, uh, let's, uh, let's kick this thing off here. How long have you been a home brewer, man? Uh... Two years. Two years. Okay. And uh, is this your first attempt at uh, this kind of, uh, I mean, this is a monster beer, man. There's a ton of ingredients. There's uh, candy ginger root, uh, milk sugar, uh, maker's mark, and French oak, um, all that kind of, is that, is this, is this your first time uh, doing this or what? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, what made you decide to, to just jump in? I wouldn't have felt comfortable to do a beer like this for at least five years. 
I uh, I wanted to come up with a like I don't know a heavy pumpkin ale, okay. and not just a uh, I don't know, almost like an old ale or something, right? Like big malty, yeah. chewy kind of a deal. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, okay, well, you know, cool. Did you uh, just make this up uh, yourself, or you just kind of uh, did you find a recipe um, online? I kind of used a variation of the pumpkin uh, clone. Who makes that? Pumpkin? Yeah. Jester uh, King, I would imagine, or I don't know. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I got you on the spot now. Yeah, you do. <laughs> that's all right. I've never heard of this pumpkin. I, I, at first, I just thought it was really buzz. Like, that's the way you, when you're no, just wasted uh-uh. that you say the word pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, eh, we can Google it. It's fine. We'll figure it out. Um, okay, so you just did a little spin off that. That's cool. Right on, man. Um, all right, Brian, you're up, dude. Our Brian, not not you. Brian. Hi. It's by the way, it's brewed by Southern Tier. Southern Tier. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, that's okay. right. Okay, that sounds familiar now. I don't know my commercial beers, man. I got to get better at that. Uh, more. Yeah. Well, we don't get it up here, out here, over here, in here, through here. No, you don't get some other stuff, but there was some stuff in that box that... Oh. Oh, that's right. Yes. Thank you very much for that. I gave Brian one of those, and I meant to bring one for Lee. I'll probably just throw it to Doc. There's so, a couple Founders beers at Founders. Brian's right? the source of the Founders breakfast style there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. Let me just bump up his score by a couple points here. <laughs> uh, but there was also a KBS in there. there I think JP I, kept that for himself. No, I do have that. Hey, I am not Scott. I will hand over all of my beers. I share it with my friends. Um Yes, I'm just I'm, I meter them out. So I think, and I, I've totally forgot about it actually. But next show, I think we'll uh, we'll bring one in to drink on the air and taste it, and uh, you know that whole kind of thing. Must be present to win. Must be present to win. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, Brian, go ahead and uh, and, and and judge this uh, the bourbon barrel pumpkin ale. Please. Yeah, well, bourbon is the first word here, and they you know I, I went digging for you know the boozy note there, and there there is a lightly boozy note in the aroma detected with the. The beer pretty well in balance. Sometimes you get a boozy beer and it's just too much of the booze. Um, but in tandem with that, we're getting a big, yeah, big gingery aroma. And um, yeah, it's it it is you know other spices and the aroma seems lightly spicy, kind of pumpkin pie like spices in general. But there's a lot going on in the aroma. There's a little alcohol in there too. There's mm-hmm. you know medium esters, a little tiny bit of kind of earthy floral hop in there. Um, just a bit muddled, a lot of a lot of things going on there, but it's you know you're going big, so hey. <laughs> um, appearance wise, it's a it's a bright, clear, fairly clear amber color. Medium head sinks to a low cover fairly quickly, but uh, uh, it stuck around for a little while and uh, mostly finer bubbles. I've got a little collar here now. It's just it did kind of drop in this glass, but last night it st- stuck around a little bit. It does. Uh, and the flavor it comes through with a big um, a woody note and a big ginger note. Those two things kind of really stick out. The ginger, um, we were talking about it earlier, and it does come across a little bit, you know, spicy and, and hot. You know, you know, ginger can have some fire to it. It comes across kind of cinnamon-like. Um, I'm getting like kind of an atomic fireball character in this. Yeah, I got that too. So yeah, it's like, and it's sweet. So it also has a little bit. It tastes a little bit like reminiscent of that. There, childhood candy that you used to just hoard on the school bus and eat 20 of them in a row until your tongue almost <laughs> fell off. Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, the alcohol in here, too, is kind of fighting with the spices there. There's a lot, like, kind of fighting for your attention in here. It's it's more of a, a clovey in the spice and indistinct kind of than, uh, like, a warm nutmeg spice, which I might prefer. It does have that big bite from the ginger. So um, it's an interesting flavor. It's 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 kind of, as declared, like, as an intense pumpkin beer, a big, like, woohoo! This is a... a not your father's pumpkin beer. <laughs> yeah, it's got booze in there, too. So, yeah. Um, but a lot of wood. And in the mouthfeel, especially, that comes through. You get the wood ta- tannins just dominating the mouthfeel. Um, just really biting the tongue. And it's string- kind of an astringent, tannic character that just takes over. Um, some obvious alcohol warmth in there, too. Uh, in the back of the throat, you feel it. Uh, medium carbonation. Well, I don't know what was the ABV on this thing. I didn't even. This is uh, the label says nine percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a big one. So uh, yeah, uh, medium carbonation, kind of low, creamiest, medium body, lightly lightly biting, maybe also from the ginger there. But um, yeah, I mean, although the beer comes through, kind of as declared, it's a it presents itself as a spicy and a lightly boozy beer with a lot of. Uh, you know, well, I mean, you never really taste the pumpkin. What you're going for is the pumpkin pie spices character. And this, yeah. you know, the balance of the spices is kind of odd. It's, it's tilted heavily towards that ginger. And uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know if there's some, what what other spices are in this? We can talk about that. But it's kind of clove-like. And then, you know, it, it, maybe a little bit of the nutmeg and allspice kind of thing in there, too. And cinnamon. Um, but just like a m- little muddled and kind of leaning way too heavily towards the the ginger, which if you're a fan of ginger and you want it to taste like this, by all means, brew this beer over and over and over again and drink the hell out of it. But um, for a balanced perspective, from a judging perspective, it's it's tilted and twisted a little bit. So, and the wood is just like I would definitely back off on the wood aging for this, too. It's just biting and um, uh, the tannins start to dominate the mouthfeel. And it's just makes it a little harsher to drink that way. But. You know the booze. The booze that's there should be enough to keep it interesting. The, uh, I mean, the alcohol level that's there, and if you have a clean alcohol, it seems like it is. You know, not a hot, harsh alcohol. It's just the wood combined with that makes it seem harsher than it is. Um, so I, I like the beer as you know, without knowing exactly what style it was. It just presented as a, a pumpkin ale. I just kind of judged it as a combination of a spice, you know, a, a vegetable. And wood-aged beer, and has all of that. It's all coming through. It's intense, but you know, I gave it like a, a 32. I thought you could use some balance improvements, and uh, you could back off the alcohol a little bit, too, and still keep it pretty interesting, but definitely back off the wood. And, um, you know, when you do push push a beer up this high in the alcohol, keep good temperature control to to keep it from being solventy. It's not, it's not too harsh, but it's... Like I said, there there might be a little solvent, but combining with everything else that's there, it just seems seems a little biting to me. But anyway, I'm tasty beer, and thanks for sharing it. I uh, thought it was kind of fun, but uh, yeah, I don't think I could drink mass quantities of it. It would be hard to, yeah. It's like it's definitely a sipper. <laughs> yes, it, it definitely tastes like it. I mean, at nine percent, you know, and uh, with that big malt bill, it's. Uh, I, I agree, it's a definitely a sipper, which it sounds like what Brian was going for. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, Doc. You're all up. Right. You're up, um, handsome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Uh, but it's, that's why it's radio. <laughs> um, so uh, if you took pumpkin out of the whole 
title here, I'd be happy, man. Because I was looking for the pumpkin the whole time, and it just didn't wasn't there. Spice. I actually brew, brewed it with uh, four four pounds of pumpkin. Did you use it raw? Or did you roast it first? I ro- I roasted it because mm-hmm. okay, I didn't get that at all. And uh, well, I, I think with the with the with the fruit or the the, the vegetable, the gourd, whatever it is, right. I think it is kind of hard to. It's tough. I've done it before. It's a lot of work. Too. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. It doesn't always come through. It doesn't know, and you know, you got a lot of stuff coming through. Like uh, Brian was saying, there's a lot of stuff masking at the the spice from the. From the ginger. Ginger goes a long way, and it doesn't fade out. So I've made a couple of those before, and, and you got to really hold that one back. But, okay. Um, so the aroma, uh, I got a lot of sweetness out of it. That's probably from the, the alcohol and from the from the ginger both. Heavy, heavy oak aroma. Uh, no hop aroma. I did get some solvent kind of, uh, you know, Higher alcohols coming out of there. A little bit of nail polish. You had a nine percent beer. Are you calculating nine percent before you put the bourbon in there? Yes. Yeah, I figured. It. Yeah, doing that. So when you're brewing nine percent beer, it's real easy to get some solvent in there. Uh, you got to be real careful with how fast it's gonna gonna, gonna race through all that sugar. Nine uh, percent beer. It's, that's the one thing you got to really be careful of. It'll come out hot a little bit, and, and it's, it's not bad. I could. It, it's it's barely there, but you know, if I if I if it's there, I gotta you know I gotta tell you about it. Yeah, and, no, that's fine. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> and that you know, you just kind of watch you know, how fast that ferment is. Uh, you put sugar in this one too. Yeah. Um, um, it, putting the, the sugar, bo- yeah, putting the sugar in later helps too. Uh, don't put it all in at once and let them all eat it up all at once. Right. Well, with all the pumpkin too, there. Yeah, I mean, you're converting all the pumpkin starches to sugars in, in your in your mash there, and it's just that'll dry out the beer further too, and yep. and make some of the things seem harsher. Yeah. So, but if you you really wanted to, you know, ferment all the way through, so you know, that's what I got in the aroma, and you know, overall not bad. Just a lot of oak, I think, mostly kind of came through. Uh, appearance, it's a nice gold color, a little bit cloudy, but that's okay. It's a big beer. Uh, the head fades really quickly, and that's probably from the higher alcohol in there. Just you, know, you got alcohol on alcohol in there; it's not going to hold the head very much on that one. Um, so flavor, real sweet. Uh, probably you know I can taste a lot of alcohol in there. Uh, you'll get that. You can mask that around a little bit too. Uh, again, I got a lot of oak tannins, so it comes across as really astringent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and uh, so you can handle that. I'll talk about that one in a minute, a little bit. Uh, again, no hop flavor, which is fine because you know if you're going for like a, a an old ale, yeah. I kind of get that in this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you know that sipper kind kind of big, yeah. big chewy beer, kind of like an old ale. That's, that's what I get out of this thing. It's 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 a good backbone for this. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, and, and now that he mentioned the pumpkin, that he roasted it, and I don't know if it's just power of suggestion, but tasting this, I can I can taste roasted pumpkin, you know, but but I think it, it maybe it's camouflaged in the, you know, there's, uh, you know, some crystal malt in here and maybe that yeah. uh, milk sugar kind of, uh, that sweetness covers up some of that, uh, you know, roasted pumpkin flavor. Yeah, I, I feel know, like I there know. is some com- pumpkin in here, too, and it has this kind of a cool... Orangey, like golden amber color. It's you a know? nice yeah. color. It's, really, it's yeah. really, if that's coming through from the pumpkin, then that's pretty cool too. 
Right, sorry, Doc. I didn't mean okay, to cut you off that's there. That's fine. So uh, the mouthfeel, I thought it was a little bit thin, mm-hmm. uh, and I got some alcohol heat at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what Larry Bell told me, too. So that that's fermentation stuff. Um, it, it makes it, it makes it get unbalanced, mostly. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to want a beer like this to have a little bit of kind of some maltiness or something behind that. Yeah. Uh, just to... To let it, you know, you got to have more of a rounded mouthfeel with it. Uh, uh, how, how old is this beer, Brian? When did you when did you brew this thing? Uh, the bottling date is on the label there. Oh, okay. It was, actually, it was uh, bottled 11, 21, or 14. Oh, wow. Old. Okay, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. On October 19th, 2014. Which is probably why we're not getting any kind of hops out of that. Yeah, they, for sure. Because yeah. it, it'll fall. It's kind of what aging does. Yeah, the hops to fall out and everything mellows in. Yeah, that goes along with your aged thing there too. It does, but if you had hot, too much hops in here too, it would just be too much going on even more. So yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll take a little bit longer for that to kind of come across there. So what I'm getting is uh, just too much. Mainly my thing on this one was just too much oak. I uh, just couldn't kind of get past that one. Okay. Uh, did you put oak chips in in the keg or in into the carboy? let's sit that way uh i ex- when i sent you guys the beers i sent what three of them yeah um i had split the batch and i aged um part of the batch on the light toast um oak chips all by themselves and then i aged part of the batch which is what you're drinking now, um, on oak chips that I soaked in Maker's Mark. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of the batch, I didn't do anything. I didn't do any aging with. Um, I just bottled it as is. Okay. Um, I think we're going to, we'll drink that next time too and uh, uh, check that out. I've made quite a few bourbon barrel beers. And I found what I like to do is, and I talk to a lot of people, they soak the chips Mm -hmm. in bourbon and they throw the chips in there. I do it the other way around. I throw the chips away. (laughs) And I, because now the maker's mark tastes a lot like oak. Yeah. And it's a pretty heavily oaked bourbon. Right. So then you can titrate it back into the keg. Mm -hmm. So you're not actually aging the, the, the wood on that, on the beer. Yeah. Okay. You're aging the maker's mark with the wood chips. Then you take the wood chips out. And that maker's mark is going to be pretty strongly oaked. Yeah. Then you can use regular maker's mark, straight maker's mark, and kind of blend it back where you want it. And that way you can get the amount of oak you want back into the beer. And that's the best way to get it. Otherwise, you've soaked all the wood pretty much out of the chips. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. That's a smart way to control it there, Doc. I like that. Okay. I like that. Okay. You know, the other thing, too, is when you put wood chips in the beer and they're they're sitting in the bottom of your fermenter and you're pulling samples off and tasting it, you know, a lot of the wood flavor could be sitting at the bottom and, and those are kind of heavier um, uh, flavor components that could be lurking down there. And then when you transfer it to your keg or your, your bottling bucket or whatever, it's all yeah. going to mix in there. It's, bleh, it could, like, take over. <laughs> and you, you, don't, you don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, right. You could, if you overdo it with the oak, you, you can't undo it. Well, that's true. <laughs> right. So it's easy to add it back in there a little yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah totally. If this is a good beer to blend stuff back in and, and 
try trade it in as you don't overdo it with spices and or oak flavors and things like that. Uh, how long was the oak on this beer, Brian? Do you remember? Uh, the bourbon barrel, it was on it for seven days. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, that's especially with yeah. chips, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And see, so it can go haywire really fast. Yeah, that's weird. And, that and just, I was... Seven I days should have been fine. Um, how much How much wood, though, and, and how much beer? Uh, it was a one-gallon batch, and it was uh, half an ounce. And that's probably too much. I, I, would put, I would put an ounce in five gallons. Yeah. No, I would put two ounces in five gallons. So that's, half an ounce. And yeah. That's a little less than half an ounce, but not yeah. that much less. Okay. Still. But, yeah. Is you, it too much? I don't know. Well, well I mean, ship, seven Ships days. are different than, than cubes, too. Yeah. yeah I, the surface area. I would love this beer. Well, hold on a second. I, uh, because that implies that I don't like this beer. Uh, I, I, would, I would like to, what I do when, when I oak stuff, which hasn't been for a while, but I use the, the, the cubes because you get that, that kind of range of flavor because those chips are just, you know, they toast the, the staves and then they fraction it off the, the toasted part for the chips. But what they don't, or no, they don't. They, they cut everything, they chip everything up, and then they toast it all at once. Um, but the cubes are, they have that layered. So if you look at the side of a cube, it's, it's you know, layered. Uh, it goes from dark to light. Yeah, and so you're getting, you're, there's a whole range of flavors that you don't get from uh, using just chips as you would to replicate more of a barrel thing. And the, right. the cubes will give you that longer soak. Yeah, I, I haven't used chips in a long time. I've, yeah. I've gone to cubes a long time. Well, ago. I'll do you know chips in the ferment because a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of the stuff, the aromatics will will bubble off from fermentation. But you get the body tannins in there, yeah, and that might help as well too. You kind of lock all that stuff in, so it's not astringent tannins; it's just structural tannins, like wine, just structure. And then you throw in cubes in the ferment. Or not from in the in the keg or something, but anyway, yeah. was it, there's it a was, million ways uh, to do it. I'm sure it was oak. Yeah, was it American oak or uh, French oak? French oak. French oak. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I could taste the French oak. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. French oak is smoother. It's a good choice for this beer. French oak is like spicy. Yeah. Tell the difference. Okay. If, I mean, that's a good choice for that. I mean, American might be. That would be cool to do, man. And next time you do this beer, maybe just try because there's Hungarian too, which is a little sweeter. French to me is sweet, and American has that. Kind of not not super sweet, but more like I don't know more more coconut, I guess, than vanilla. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the other beer is toast is on light toast American chips. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna we gotta drink that one next. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, Doc. Go ahead. I don't know. No, I'm done. Okay. Pretty much. I scored. I give you 29. Like you know, it's just a balance thing, and it's not not a bad beer at all. There's, I can't yeah. really get any faults except for maybe uh, you know the the hotter alcohol you know from the from the ferment mm-hmm. uh but it's just more of a balanced thing what temp did you ferment at brian uh 57 degrees yeah with cal ale yes hmm. yep why is it so hot doc what do you think uh, hmm. i mean there's two so you put two pounds of corn sugar and a pound of milk sugar yes that's a lot of sugar alongside the pumpkin there. I mean, just, yeah, the the yeast will kind of get lazy and eat that, that stuff up first, and then it has to sit there and chew on the, the malt sugars, and it's like, wait a minute, i got to switch gears here kind of thing. Well, a lot of times they won't even do that. They, yeah. won't, they won't even make the enzymes up if they've got all the simple like, sugars. Free, easy, yeah. simple uh, they, they don't, in their, their lag phase, they're not going to start uh, pumping out the other 
things that they need to mm-hmm. you know, go for the maltos. It did mm-hmm. seem to chew through that, though, too, here, because it is very dry. So, yeah. And then I, I, did, I did bump it up, uh, I think, four degrees, like, the last, I don't know, like, the last week. Yeah. So it was an ale yeast at 57? That's... that's uh, Cali will still do yeah, it. Yeah, it'll, it'll still, go. It probably chugged real real hard, though. <laughs> yeah. I it, mean, maybe it's stress. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wonder you, if... Yeah, I, it could be if your pitch wasn't big enough, especially for such a big beer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Cali will go that low, but it doesn't like it. I mean, 57 is... That's pretty... It'll go even lower. I've heard yeah. it go even lower than well, that. Big chug slow, but you're right. It could be a, you know not a big enough pitch, and it stressed the yeast too much. I wonder if the and and you know forgive me, Brian. I don't know if if you know this is even in the in the realm of what you're you sent this in for. But I wonder if the ginger is accentuating the hot alcohol because it's hard for me to believe it's a, over a year old. It's nine percent. There's a lot of sweetness in there. Would you know? Obviously, he he's fermented very low with a clean yeast. I, I mean, you know, what's the the hotness from? Maybe it's one of the spices, or I don't know. I guess yeah, we'll you never get some know. heat from ginger too. So you know, it could be. But I I definitely picked up a low solventy like Doc did in there. Mm-hmm. Like okay. a fus- fusel. It's low, but it's it's, it's not there. Just, it's not overwhelming. Like I'm you know. not just spicy, but yeah, it was okay. low. It wasn't intense, but yeah, probably yeah. probably again just stress. Okay. Uh, Brian, do you have any questions for the guys? No. Yeah. no. Okay. With a big beer like this, too, you want to make sure to oxygenate the heck out of it at the beginning, too. And, you know, maybe even after it starts kicking off a little bit a little bit more, you, you can oxygenate it another, you know, 12 hours later, give it another kick yeah, to keep I, that yeast yeah. going. I do. I, I, if it's a big beer like this, it's not going to start right away. It's going to yeah. take a good 18 to 20 hours sometimes. So I'll oxygenate it every six hours. If, if I, I think if, it, if I'm around. It was pretty much to the top of the fermenter uh, in, inside of probably uh, probably about 18 hours. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's one of those weird – I'd put my money on the ginger. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't know, man. I, I, I like it. I think uh, I think it's a definitely a good recipe. Um, you know, I wouldn't deviate too far away from it for sure. But I, I think there is a balance thing going on. But I I couldn't tell you. There's I th- with beers like this for me. There's so much going on that it's hard to say for sure if it's one thing or another. Is that there's a hot lot alcohol of alcohol or hot ginger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it'd be interesting to taste it with a little less ginger and a little less wood. I'd, I think that'd, yeah. that'd be well, my two things. That we would got, we got the non oaked one. I think we'll do that maybe next month. We'll I'll work with Brian to see if we can get him back on. Um, and uh, you know, and then we can go over it then, and, and maybe that'll be a little bit more clear. I don't know. Uh, all right, Brian. Well, if that's it, man, we'll let you go. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. All right, all right, thanks man. for sharing it. Yeah, Thank it you. Fun with you. See ya. Bye. Bye. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, decent beer, man. Sometimes homebrewers, man, they can be uh, pretty creative. Creative. Bunch, I like yeah. that. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break here, but before we do, I wanted to let you guys know that our friends at Grog Tag, you know, they're a pretty big sponsor of the show, um, they have a Kickstarter program, uh, which, uh, you know, they're calling it's the, the next step in personalizing your homebrew uh, Grog Tag Custom Tap Handles. Uh, these things are seriously cool. They're designed to be modular, so you can pick up one base and several toppers to easily rotate between different tap handles. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, they have a stem that's probably about three or four inches long. Uh, and then a like sco- you. Uh, that's right. <laughs> sitting, laying down. And then uh, they have a, a square head, and then they'll print on whatever custom 
you know, logo that you want. So just like their, their labels, you can either use their artwork, you can use your own artwork, that kind of stuff. And then when you want to switch out a beer, you just unscrew the top and, you know, throw it back on. So you can buy one base and then, you know, four toppers if you want it. It seems pretty cool. Um, Let's see. Do, do, do. I lost my, my place here. Here we go. Uh, head over to grogtag.com slash Kickstarter, which is much easier than going to Kickstarter and, you know, slash 19485. Uh, and check out how you can help make this project a reality for these guys. Um, you know, grogtag is known for having very high standards and delivering that in every box. We all know that for sure. Uh, and tap panels are they're really no different. You know, we've spent uh, a, a long time talking about the quality of grog tags, and uh, these tap panels look to be no different than that. Man, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Slice up a piece of wood in their garage and get the wood burner out and do, you know, and make yeah. a homespun tap handle. But uh, I think these guys will do it right for sure. Absolutely, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. And you know, besides engraving, uh, really, you can get your own. You know, there's you know places out there where you can get your initials engraved on it or whatever. Uh, but that's not. I mean, that's kind of. 80s you know really your initials <laughs> like you're monogramming your tap handles uh so it, it seems like there's no one really offering a commercially printed handle uh at an affordable price with no you know five order minimum or whatever um i think these are gonna, things are gonna be pretty cool man so uh you know as with anything on kickstarter you get some pretty cool rewards for backing it like additional bases additional toppers free coasters even too so if you put it, you throw your image there you you, you can get that on coasters too and kind of just trick out your whole entire thing man so you got your 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 coasters you got your 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 your, your branded tap handle you can you know do your labels in the same uh design and, uh, bottle caps. Bottle cap. You got it all, man. So yeah. uh, grogtag.com slash Kickstarter. And support the people who support us, man, because uh, I, I tell you what, they, they definitely definitely are, are nice folks. They're very generous people. And, uh, you know, they're not bad looking to boot. <laughs> all right, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to divvy out some prizes and then uh, go get a beer. It's Dr. Homebrew back after this. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the five-star treatment today. High Gravity Home Brewing Supplies wants you to keep it simple. Brewing should be fun. And with High Gravity's amazing electric brewing systems, it is. High Gravity keeps their brewing systems simple, on purpose. More efficient than gas, customizable, and with your choice of one, two, or three vessels, High Gravity's electric brewing systems will completely change the way you brew beer, formulate recipes, and improve your beer's consistency. Dave at High 
High Gravity can customize your system to fit your needs. High Gravity invites you to visit their Build Your Own Brewery page and see how easy it can be to brew electric. And High Gravity offers $7.99 flat rate shipping on most of their products. www.highgravitybrew.com High Gravity. Keep it electric. Keep it simple. Visit HighGravityBrew.com. Ken Grossman of Sierra Nevada Brewing Company says making great beer is hard. Making the same great beer every day is harder. Brewers Publications announces its latest release for breweries of any type and size. Quality Management, an essential guide for brewers by Mary Pelletieri. Proper quality management for small, regional, and national breweries is critical. Whether you are an established business or brand new, learn the best ways to create and manage a quality system in your brewery. This book will guide you in developing a comprehensive program that will grow with your brewery, help ensure quality processes in the brewery, and continue providing great beer for your fans. Quality management for breweries is critical for continued success. This guidebook teaches you to integrate quality management in every level of the operation. It will guide you in developing a comprehensive program to ensure quality processes in your brewery. Quality management, an essential guide for brewers, now available from Brewers Publications. Learn more at brewerspublications.com. Admitted. Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the Internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes with the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, a couple uh, housekeeping things here, and then we're, uh, we're going to get a beer and, and take off, man. Put the broom away, JP. Uh, I can't. This is clean enough. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, okay, before we uh, get started, again, I have uh, something else to tell you about. Our good friends at the American Homebrewers Association. I know the other night we just had a big rally for them, and uh, I think we got a couple new members of the uh, American Homebrewers Association, the AHA. But in case you, you don't know, uh, you're not familiar with them, check out their website, man. You, uh, you know, they, they fight for your homebrewing rights. It really does pay to be a member. Not only do you get uh, people in Washington and any other state, to be honest with you, um, you know, fight for for what you want to do and you want to make beer man you want to make beer at home you want to bring beer to your homebrew clubs you want to serve it at different things and uh in some places you know that's still really hard to do you don't so, want to get arrested on the way there right so uh you know the american homebrew association the aha they really fight for all that kind of stuff but also you get zymergy magazine which is also on a digital download format thing too so you can kind of take that thing anywhere uh you know you can get uh discounts at pubs and, and breweries and stuff like that all across the country uh they're good people 
people and you know of course hey look they put on the national homebrewers conference i mean uh you know that in and of itself is worth uh you know whatever it is under 40 (laughs) bucks or i mean it's it's nothing a year it's nothing man so check them out please uh the aha man they're working hard so you can make some good beer um go through our website and then yes, go through the link on the on the BN website. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so we have a couple uh, prizes to give away. First up is uh, the Grog Tag forty dollar. At least your beer will look good. Gift certificate, and that goes to the uh, the cat with the lowest score. You know, it's a little tongue in cheek kind of a thing that we like to throw around here. Um, because hey, man, if your beer doesn't taste very good. At least it's going to look good. <laughs> it's better to look good. Than yeah, uh, and that goes to Brian number one, Brian Flaherty, with his uh, the dark mild. So All Brian, right. congratulations on that. And let me make a note because I now that he's out of beer, he can put a label on it. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. right. Well, for his next one, man. The well, they also match. have so they have keg labels too. So uh, you know they're they're a larger format label, Brian, and you can just slap them right on your keg, and you can dry erase. You know what. What that thing is, or your carboy? Um, contaminated. Just X. So- sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help it. Easy joke. Look at you, Doc. Mm. Wow. Grog tag it. <laughs> Grog tag that thing. And th- no. Uh, yeah. So uh, and then uh, that means the uh, the gift certificate to uh, high, gravity. high gravity home brewing and winemaking supplies goes to Brian number two. Brian. Girolami. <clears throat> Sorry, Brian. I'm not very good. Battle of the Ryans tonight. Um, yep. So, you know, go to grogtag.com. Check them out. Uh, you know, even if you didn't win these gift certificates, man, uh, they have some good stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, Coaster, well, we already covered it in the last segment. Uh, and then, you know, also uh, definitely don't forget uh, Desiree and all the, the lovely people over there at highgravitybrew.com. Uh, they do a lot of um, electric brew systems and stuff like that too in addition of course to you know your hops and, and yeast and malt and all that kind of other stuff uh so it's pretty cool man if electric is something that you you're interested in man check them out they have a, a pretty large selection a lot of good kits and all that kind of stuff so good people and birds there yeah that's for sure man uh okay i think we're done um, i wanted to mention one thing very briefly if I'm yes like. If there are any interested uh, parties who would like to become a beer judge or learn a little bit more about beer judging, we have a, uh, as a part of SF Beer Week, I helped instruct a class called Beer Judging 101. So go to sfbeerweek.org and look us up there. It's on January 31st is our class. So you can come judge beer with us and have fun. It's uh, sponsored by, well, my, my judging mentor, Dave Techum, comes out and teaches it. So it's a lot of fun. So Awesome. Come sounds, on out. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds great, man. Um, and then, of course, while you're you know poking around on the internet for other things to listen to, we have a bunch of other shows, man. We got uh, the Sour Hour, we got the Session, we got the Jamil shows, uh, and maybe some other stuff coming in. I don't know, man. And then, uh, you know, look, you can also go to earsuppodcast.com if you want to talk about Disneyland with me and uh, Terrence and Bev and Taryn and you know whatever, man. Let's, look, let's all plug. Doc, what do all you want to plug? Celebs. Yeah. If you, if you get a molar knocked out, come out, uh, come out yeah, to the come Bay Area. Doc will, yeah. Doc will hook you up, man. Uh, All right, everyone. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll see you next time. Cheers.